Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Last night in the 119th meeting between Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the 95th edition of the Battle for the Golden Egg, it was Mississippi State in a relatively low-scoring game getting a 24-22 win over Ole Miss. Uh, A game in which I think largely defense was the story, especially Mississippi State's defense last night. There is so much to talk about about that game. And uh, that's what we're going to do with you this afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Hope your post-Thanksgiving Friday has been a good one wherever you are and however you're listening. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tee time or plan your trip there. If you want to be a part of the conversation, and we know you do, join us, won't you, on the C Spire text line, 601 879 94395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world class IT experts who live where you do, right here in C Spire country, cspire.com slash business. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Again, the final last night, 24 22. Mississippi State improves to 8 4 on the year. They finish Southeastern Conference play with a record of 4 4. Ole Miss, identical records, both overall and in the league, 8-4, and 4-4. Four, four and four. But last night, Mississippi State was the victor. Brian Haydad, uh, an impressive performance for Mississippi State. They deserve all the credit. Dominant on the defensive side of the ball. Kept Ole Miss's run game completely in check. And did what they had to do in the running game to kind of keep Ole Miss off balance. Did enough offensively they were productive when they got in the red zone that's something Ole Miss did not do well Mississippi State was 50 percent on third downs last night Ole Miss was abysmal on third down all of that adds up to the Golden Egg returning to Starkville yeah a game that in my opinion was just totally off script I didn't foresee hardly any of that happening uh, the, the way the game played out on both sides of the ball with both teams just a, a totally different thing that I, that what what what's going on here ah ah I'm being attacked ah I've been hit I've been hit somebody threw a chair gonna, I knew there was going to be some ah. level of shenanigan ah. some level of get out of here security just can't help him get him out of here get him out of here for 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 what it's worth the uh, the Ole Miss 
administration people that were on the field were none too pleased with the stuff that was they, going on. The I could field. see some of them, and they were oh, they were goodness. they were uh, th- thanks to my accomplice over there. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I woke up this morning. I was like, "Is there a way I can have a chair thrown at me? I bet I could pull this off." And do it's you too bad. Fan, I know you to throw I mean, a chair at you. <laughs> I know you would have. So uh, for state. It's just to be able to take a breath now. These last this last month of the season for State has been so tense since the Kentucky game, right? It's just been God, what is Leach doing and the offense and they're falling apart and is this ever gonna work and blah blah blah. And now it's <sighs> take a breath. You won eight games. You're gonna go to a good bowl game in Florida in all likelihood. You have a chance to win nine, you have a chance to finish in the top twenty five. And you can, you can, you can, you know, it's frustrating, right? It, it, it's not been the, the, the prettiest football along the way, but you've gone from four wins to seven wins to eight and possibly nine. I mean, the, the man is, is, is getting improvement. And, and next year, I've been, what did I say back last spring? 2023 should be the big year in the cycle with the way the schedule sets up and everything. You got a real chance next year to have the, the special year that Ole Miss had a season ago. For Mississippi State. Uh, hold on a second now. Hold on a second. Stop looking ahead to next year. Today is your day to soak it in, to gloat a little bit uh. if you'd like, to enjoy <laughs> this moment because it's been a while since that trophy has resided in Starkville. Not a long time, but long enough for Mississippi State fans. You don't have to turn the page to next year just yet. I'm, I'm not turning the page. No question. I, you know, I got a, like a, a little peripheral. Ahead, yeah. For state, you know, Leach had to have that game. We, we said that we said that back in August. We said that back in June, July. That they had to win this. It didn't matter what your record was coming in. You had to win this game. I think Will Rogers had to have this game. Zero and three as the starter in an Egg Bowl. That's not something nobody wants to have. Um, and he had his moments of good. He had his. He certainly had his moments of bad last night. But he got to hoist the trophy at the end of the game, and that's that's really all that matters. And now with Ole Miss, I mean, I don't know if they're what kind of flux they're going to be in. You know, I don't know. You know, with, with Kiffin, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. We don't know if he's staying or going. I, I, I really don't have a read on it one way or the other. But it feels like, for at least for a moment, Mississippi State, you know, has a chance to to have some momentum this offseason. They did. They just didn't have a season ago. We'll see what what it means for them in recruiting. We'll see what it means for them in the transfer portal. But right now, if if you're a Mississippi State fan, you can look at the program and say going in the right direction. And and you, the last month you weren't able to say that, but this win. And I hate to put it all on one game, and it's the Egg Bowl. I hate that, but it kind of is what it is. State had to have this game, and they got it. Ceasefire text line. Hey, we're we're in one of those days where anything I say is going to be oh, it's going to be questioned like this. Been a while. It's mm-hmm. only been two years, Richard. Hey, they're not my words. <laughs> They're your boy Brian Haydad's words. He's talked like it's been two decades, not two years, since Mississippi State has had the trophy. He's the one that's been beating the drum for the entire season that Mike Leach had to win this game. And so I chose the words, it's been a while. Not really that long, but a while. So, yes, it's been a while. Congratulations. Don't worry about beating up on me. Just enjoy your win. I bet the guy who sent that text is really fat. Was it? Did you send it? No. Oh, 
Why? <laughs> Why? I, 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 Violence! I, I, I was just I a drone! Like, how could he have typed that? I mean, you were watching him. Oh, you guys, what am I doing here? Mystical powers. I don't know what to do with my hands. Oh, so. I, I didn't. You recognized the number. I did not recognize the number. <laughs> it's a family tradition on this exactly. Friday afternoon. Oh, man. Exactly. Um, um, hey, we are glad to be with you. Uh, I, let me throw this out, Borky. I, I'm curious. Like, I'm kind of having trouble making this make sense based on numbers. And the numbers I'm talking about are zero to zero. And that was what the scoring was in the third quarter. But I thought Mississippi State won that football game in the third quarter. Am, am I crazy for saying a quarter in which no points were scored was the quarter in which Mississippi State won the game. If you want to also add in that drive right at the end of, half, end of the half as well for Mississippi State, I mean, almost had all the momentum right before that long drive to, to go in and really change the score, obviously change the score, but change the way that the score felt going into halftime. But yeah, Ole Miss had, what, eight total yards in the third quarter? So something along those lines. That was when... Zach Arnett and his group really pinned their ears back and just attacked Ole Miss and dominated up front. The, the number that's still blowing my mind, so State had two sacks in the game. Jackson Dart was, was really good at being elusive in the pocket. He was under duress basically the entire game. So, so two sacks. 15 tackles for loss for Mississippi State. 15. That's an insane stat. Yeah, that's hard really to is. fathom. I mean, you don't do that against... Middle Tennessee Tech. I mean, that that is just a dominating performance from the front six of Mississippi State. Linebacker play especially was phenomenal last yeah. night for the Bulldogs. And, and, yeah, I mean, they really shut down Ole Miss offensively and just allowed themselves to creep back into the game, overcame turnovers. So that, that's an interesting way to look at it. So so let, let me kind of explain what I mean, or, or at least try to explain what I mean. So it was 16-14 at the half. Right, Mississippi State drives down, gets that touchdown. They turn a 16-7, so a nine-point deficit into a two-point deficit. But listen to the numbers in the third quarter. And I thought Mississippi State changed their strategy. It was like Zach Arnett at halftime, pardon my semi-French, said, screw it, we're going after him. These were the third down numbers. Neither team scored. Mississippi State had five first downs, Ole Miss had one. Mississippi State had 44 yards rushing in the third quarter. Ole Miss had one. Mississippi State had 76 yards passing in the third quarter. Ole Miss had 14. 21 plays for 120 yards for Mississippi State. 11 plays for 15 yards. Time of possession in the third quarter. Mississippi State 10-28. Ole Miss 432. But again... I thought it was the approach and the mindset that Mississippi State brought out of the locker room where they said, we are going after Jackson Dart. Lane Kiffin actually talked about it in his postgame, and it was kind of a weird segue to get to the point that he was making. He, 
he made reference to the rumors about Mike Leach retiring after the game, and he said it was kind of like Zach Arnett coached like it. He said he was going zero blitz in the middle of the field. That's not what they normally do. That's not something you really see, and it affected what we were trying to do. That was Lane Kiffin paraphrasing, talking about Mississippi State's defense in the second half. And, of course, the Bulldogs had the ball there at the end of the third quarter and then were able to kind of continue things into the uh, into the fourth quarter. A lot of ways to break down this game. We're going to look at the numbers from the game and a whole lot more. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this after Friday after Thanksgiving. Many of you have the day off. Congratulations on that. Hope you are maybe getting some uh, some Black Friday shopping in. You're hanging out. Maybe you're uh, having a, a meal if you postpone Thanksgiving a day. Uh, maybe you're just soaking up football, and there's already been some uh, good football. The, the UCF-Cincinnati game was a lot of fun earlier today. To, uh, I'm sorry, not, that's not right. The Tulane-Cincinnati game was a lot of fun earlier today. The reason I mentioned UCF is because UCF is simply a win over USF tomorrow from uh, advancing to the American Conference Championship game. Tulane won 27-24 at Cincinnati, snapped a 32-game home winning streak, and picked up its first win over a top 25 opponent in 61 tries. And Tulane will host the American Conference Championship game at Yulman Stadium, likely a rematch against UCF, who won there in New Orleans uh, just a few weeks ago. So that has already happened. Texas beat Baylor today in Austin, 38-27. Boise State won 42-23 over Utah State. you got four or five games that are going on right now. Territor- uh, the Territorial Cup in Tucson. Arizona leading at 10-7 over Arizona State. NC State leading it over North Carolina 7-3 as they head to the second quarter. Missouri has a 10-7 lead with the football over the Arkansas Razorbacks as they go to the second quarter. Just underway with New Mexico, Colorado State. Just underway with Nebraska at Iowa. News as it relates to Nebraska reports that uh, they are working toward finalizing a deal with Matt Rule to make Matt Rule the next head football coach at Nebraska. And I don't know why, but that feels like a pretty good fit. We can talk more about that uh, coming up later in the show this afternoon. What, what do you guys think? Should we go? Um, should we just continue to talk about the game or get ceasefire text line? Uh, maybe go back to some text in a few minutes. What do you think? Yeah. I agree. Right. Look, so we'll get some text stay in on the game. There's a lot of game, the game to talk about. All right, so let's do numbers. Let, let, let's start there. Um, Mississippi State, 21st downs, Ole Miss 19. The numbers were remarkably similar when you just look at the box score. Both teams ran 77 plays. 
Mississippi State, 77 plays for 336 yards. Ole Miss, 77 plays for 331 yards. Mississippi State punted five times. I think this matters, by the way. Five punts last night for Mississippi State for an average of 47.2 yards. The net was 47.4. Coverage was great and a nice job punting by uh, Georgiopoulos. Ole Miss punted it four times. I'm sorry, they punted it six times. The average was 450. The net was 41.7, but there were still a couple of pretty decent returns in there, both on kickoffs and punts. Mississippi State, huge advantage in the return game, and field position kind of bared that out as the game went along last night. And that was something that I think we kind of expected to see going in. In close games like this, it's a two-point game. The, the tiniest little things matter, and State was significantly better than Ole Miss in special teams last night. Punter was better. Return game was better. Uh, there was that one running into the kicker, so even though that didn't really change anything because it didn't give Ole Miss a first down, other than yeah. that, special teams, huge advantage Mississippi State last night. The, the Probably State's spot best special, special teams, teams game of the year. Yeah. The, the bright spot in special teams for Ole Miss, who was uh, was Jonathan Cruz. He was 3-for-3 three three with uh, field goals from 32, 33, and 49 yards. But there's a problem there. 32-yard field goal, the opening drive of the game, instead of a touchdown after getting into the red zone. 33-yard field goal with a minute 33 to go in the first quarter after once again getting into the red zone. The second quarter field goal was big, right? I mean, you, you get stopped and you hit the 49-yarder. That was a, a no-doubt try to kick the field goal there in the uh, in the game last night. But those first two, I mean, red zone issues continue. They've been an issue for Ole Miss for the entire month of November. Uh, second half scoring has been an issue for Ole Miss basically all season. And those themes carried through in the game last night for the Rebels. I'm still, from watching this game and, and going back, I've watched the highlights again and everything else, Richard. I'm just dumbfounded by how this game played out. I, I really couldn't believe it. The way State was able to limit uh, the Ole Miss running game, I, 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 I was not prepared for that. I really wasn't. The way that, that State ran the football, I, as you know, I talked about it all week. I had no faith in their ability or their desire to do it. I said today on the podcast, I'm not sure that the rain wasn't the MVP for Mississippi State. because I think that's kind of forced Mike Leach into a, a little bit more conservative style, a little bit more running the football. But it was so effective, and that's what's frustrating about watching Mississippi State is you know when they run the ball, they can they can move it and they can score points. Th- this is the most off-script egg ball I can ever remember. I don't think anybody, us, anybody else who does you know, sports talk radio, anybody else who's a writer, predicted the Egg Bowl coming out like this. Close game, sure. State winning, yeah, why not? But just the way that it played out, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around everything. You know, there's one thing, Borky, that kind of stands out in this. Ole Miss's defense was pretty good last night. They give up 24 points to Mississippi State, and they allow a total of, what was it, 300 Whatever, three hundred. We talked about it a second. Three hundred thirty-nine yards, three hundred something. Yeah, I mean, if you gave them Rogers' numbers what? with twenty-four points and three turnovers, everybody and yeah. their brother would have taken that going into the game. Hundred percent. But I guess what I was going to say was, defense was good for basically the entire second half. They were good 
with the exception of bookend possessions in the first half. Ole Miss yeah. was awful defensively on Mississippi State's first offensive possession. State just methodically drove down the field, boom, 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 stick it in the end zone. And then on the last possession of the first half, there at the end of the second quarter, which was a huge turning point possession, I thought, for Mississippi State to make it a two-point game, Mississippi State, once again, good time management, good use of the timeouts, boom, 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 methodically down the field. Biggest play on that drive for Mississippi State was 15 yards. There wasn't a chunk play on there where they ripped off 47 yards on one play. It was steady, methodical, mix of the run, mix of the pass, get it to receivers, maybe make a play in the open field. And and it's like you look at Ole Miss and you're like, okay, wh- what happened on those two drives? They got no pressure, played basically nothing but three-man front on those two drives, and when they did that, Mississippi State was patient in its offense and willing to take what Ole Miss gave them. Yeah, uh, but still, even at the end of the day, that was enough, or it should have been enough to win. Agreed. The the, the Agreed. drive the drive before the end of the first half is where State won the game, in my opinion, because I thought Ole Miss had, when they scored to make it sixteen seven. I thought that they had taken control. I was just thinking, okay, this is going to be a long night for State. They can't do anything offensively. And Rodgers, to his credit, put together that, uh, a really good drive and got them into the end zone, and that got the momentum back to Mississippi State's side, and they just held on to it the rest of the way. You mentioned the third quarter and no scoring in there, but State did you know, physically kind of take control of the game. But I feel like if, if they don't get points there at the end of the, of the second quarter, there's no chance for them to win that game. We got a question, and I think this is a very fair question on the C Spire text line. Do you think Ole Miss was overrated all season? One and four in the meat of their schedule could easily have been O for their last five. I would answer this this way, and you guys tell me if you disagree. Was Ole Miss rated higher than what they actually were as a team? Yes, I would agree with that. But you have to do the rankings based on what happens as the season unfolds, and it kind of works itself out in the long run. I mean, the fact is, if you play seven games and you don't lose your first seven games of the year, and that's what Ole Miss did, there are going to be lots of other teams that lose games along the way. And as a result, just by the nature of the polls and the way the voters look at things, when you win games, you're going to be rated in a certain place. People aren't rating you... When you're 7-0 and going, well, you know, but I think they're going to lose four of their last five, and so as a result, I'm only going to rank them 23rd in the country. You can't do that when a team is 7-0. and So was Ole Miss's ranking probably ahead of where they actually were as a team? Yes, I would agree with that. But I don't know that it's overrated in the sense of they really should have been placed somewhere else in the polls along the way. Three, Does that make sense? Three things can be true at once. We now know that the number seven ranking that they achieved was way too high. I think it's also true that the schedule did get tougher, and I think it's also true that it was a distracted football team by the end, and they were not playing to the best of their capabilities. All three of those things, I think, are true at the exact same time. Yeah, I mean, were they the seventh best team in the country? Clearly no, but at that point, there weren't, you know... 10 teams that you were going to rank in front of them based on what had happened during the course of the season. I'll give my answer when we come back. Teaser. 
Dale from the Delta says, I feel like when Green lit up Mingo over the middle at the beginning of the game, it set the tone. There were a lot of drops. I think you might be on to something there. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. I need to pass along two compliments, if I may. Okay. Um, yeah, my means. mother-in-law wants your Brussels sprouts recipe. All right. <laughs> so she she would like they that. Were good. Apparently, last night, um, Hayden made two massive pans of of homemade mac and cheese, and about what a third to a half of both pans were eaten. So there was a lot of leftover, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really really good. So they were eating leftovers last night, and, and Lori, one of my wife's cousins who was there, she piped up. She said, who made the mac and, the homemade mac and cheese? And uh, Jane said, well, that was Brian Haydad. You know, you, you met him. He you know, works with Richard. And she's like, he's the best macaroni and cheese maker ever. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> h- high praise from, uh, from Lori That's on, awesome. your, uh, on your mac and cheese yesterday. Looked like a party, it's, by the it's way. That How was it? It was great. I, first off, being totally real, thank you, Richard, for inviting me. It was incredible. What a, what a fun time. Now, granted, I'm not used to that level of sophistication when it comes to Thanksgiving. We are we are a paper plate and plastic cup kind of family at the Brian Haydad household for Thanksgiving. But it was a really nice setup. The food was fantastic. Richard did a great job on the turkey. Uh, all the sides were delicious. The, the desserts were delicious. I had a, I had a really good time. It was fun. We had a uh, a ton of family was there. Uh, hey, Dad was there. Houston McDavid came and joined us yesterday, and uh, uh, Brett Norsworthy was there as well. I think uh, I think everybody had a good time. Yeah, the the sophistication stuff goes to my, my wife gets credit for that, man. I, I look, she does, she does. If, if you look at that picture, Borky, that I took in the in the foreground, like right underneath me, you see a styrofoam cup. Everybody else is drinking out of glasses. It's your and, brand. I went and got a 24-ounce styrofoam <laughs> cup out of the cabinet and had that. So uh, that's just kind of that. Uh, Ceasefire text line, hey, Dad, did you have to wear a tie? <laughs> no, no, thank goodness. I did not have – I was able to uh, I was able to just, uh, you know, get through it. If, if he had worn a tie, <laughs> my he would have been the only one there to tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Borky, somebody even asked you about you. He was like, hey, is Borky coming too? I, I, I didn't. I was like, no, I, he was doing family Thanksgiving in Jackson with his crew. Yeah, I would have loved to have been there, but uh, it, it was good to you know, to be with my wife's family yesterday, and you know, I'm two and a half hours from, from Oxford, so just jetting yeah. up and jetting back is not usually uh, in the cards. <laughs> so. we, we had a fun discussion about Cross One yeah. uh, at the table. Yeah, Jane was not aware of its existence, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it actually existed. Right. Oh, boys, I promise I wish it actually existed. All right, so you had an answer to the question uh, yeah. that, that came in a little while ago about uh, ranking and whether or not Ole Miss was overrated. Yeah. You know, what, how, do you, how do you answer that? i got to throw out some harsh truths here, all right? But okay. if you want to say fraud, you can. Ole Miss should never have been ranked as high as they were preseason. I think they were preseason number 14. That 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 was way too high for a team that lost Matt Corral, that lost its entire. I understand they replaced those guys, but they had 
way too many question marks to be a preseason top 20 team. Should have probably been unranked, if at best, 24th, 25th. And you're right. Your point is correct. When you're ranked in that area, when you win, you're just going to go up as teams lose around you. There's, there's just no getting around that fact. Ole Miss should never have been that high to begin with. They should, they should have never have been a top 20 team in August with all the question marks they had surrounding them. And we said so, so parenthetically, par- parenthetically, if Ole Miss had started the season at, say, 24 and started the year 7-0 and against that schedule, they probably mm-hmm. would have been 10th or 11th in the rankings over yeah. the course of seven weeks as opposed to getting all the way into the top 10 at number 7. Right, right. And then, like I said, the schedule is just, I mean, I know you didn't want to hear this, but uh, this was the We Believe year for Ole Miss. It is the exact same year. Seven and oh, eight and four. You lose four of your final five games. The only win is against the worst team in the conference. It was a carbon copy of State's 2012 season. And we'll see how it finishes up as far as bowl games go for Ole Miss. I mean, it's still a chance to win nine games. I didn't print any t shirts. No, no, no t shirts were printed. I I don't know what y'all's slogan was for that, but it just is what it is. So. That 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 the, the Ole Miss being overrated, and then the thing that's made me laugh a lot this weekend is people trying to like criticize Kiffin's resume. Here's here's we're about to have another harsh truth here. People, I, I see people on Twitter like, man, he hasn't beaten anybody with a winning record, and his best win is what, and blah blah blah. Like, a, if he stays, you're going to pay this guy that you're calling a loser ten million dollars a year. There's there's the first issue, but b. You guys were almost was four and eight three years ago, right? They were two and ten a decade ago. How about not being a little big for your britches? All right, eight wins at Ole Miss, possibly nine. That's a great season. Last year was a historic season for Ole Miss, and those are great seasons at State. I'm not saying they're not at State. Winning eight, winning nine, winning ten, fantastic. But to sit there and just pick apart Lane Kiffin's resume because you're mad at him, it cuts. That's it's a little soft. Yeah. But that is that is the the reason, right? If if none of this stuff happened, which you know my Twitter mentions tell me that it was exclusive. All of this stuff that is still continuing, by the way, is exclusively yeah. created by the media, and nobody else, nobody else is at fault except for the media who cover Ole Miss, cover Auburn, cover the SEC, and cover college football. Everybody independently made stuff up to make Lane Kiffin look bad, and he was a saint the whole time, definitely didn't consider Auburn. All of that was made up. All of it. And it's still not over yet. Wait, but it was all made up. saying that to you? Because I, I have not heard that from anybody. Oh, I got, I got it all morning that it was a media creation. That, that well, people I mean, that... like me are the reason that fans are mad at Kiffin today, and not because he had it's ample true. chances to shut it down, but chose not to because he was extremely, or still is extremely, interested in coaching at Auburn and could have shut it down and chose not to. That's where this is coming from, though. It's If you're going Morky, to... Porky's just sad. He, Kiffin is Welsh by descent. He's just sad. He's just mad at him about the world. Well, maybe Walker Zimmerman's Welsh by descent too, based on what he did the other day. But, <laughs> um, but, but either way, that's that's where the the vitriol is coming from. If you are going to act the way that he has, which has caused a rift in the locker room, caused a rift within the athletic department, 
caused a rift with the fan base, and then you get smoked by Arkansas and a team that looked unprepared and disinterested. And then you lose to Mississippi State where your red zone offense was pathetic. You couldn't run the football. And then you act like that. That's where all the vitriol is coming from. It was the behavior plus the results. If the results just happened the way they were, would not be near as vitriolic today if this other stuff never happened. One more uh, harsh truth. Kiffin going after Sokoloff in his press conference last night. You may get mad at me for this one, but pathetic. Pathetic. Soft. Oh, you had to have a meeting because of a tweet? I thought it was uncalled for, and I thought it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, you I had to have a meeting because, because of a tweet. All played out, and, and I thought yeah. it was incredibly uncomfortable. And let's let's give credit to John Sokoloff. Could have gone to State's press conference. No, went to Ole Miss's, looked Kiffin in the eye, and asked him questions. But yeah, Kiffin, so, there, oh, we had to have a meeting last night. Also, he had to have a meeting. You get paid seven and a half million dollars a year, Princess. Buck up. It's yeah. going to be okay. And, I'd like to go back to Mississippi State's defense for a second, if we can. Sure, because they deserve the it. So yeah, they they absolutely do. And it was like there were a couple of guys I wanted to point out, and then I started looking at like the overall defensive numbers. DeCamry and Richardson ten tackles last night played a really good game. Bookie Watson ten tackles played a really good game. I didn't think Forbes was that big of a factor. I was a little surprised, honestly, Wasn't. to see that he had nine tackles. I, I didn't think that he was like he took one side of the field away, but he was fine. I thought Jet Johnson right. was phenomenal. I thought Jalen Green really with that good. big hit early set the that set the tempo. Yeah. That sack yeah. from Tyrus Wheat was big, and I thought once again he was in on two or three really important plays. Randy Charlton made the play that allowed us to move on to the next day. If yeah. he doesn't... The immaculate deflection, too. I, I'm telling you guys, I, I know there are a lot of people that didn't like that play call for, for you know, whatever. If he does not get a fingertip on that ball, Jonathan Mingo can moonwalk into the end zone from three yards out because nobody's touching him. There's nobody there in a white jersey if he doesn't recognize... Now... I caught just uh, Neil Price talking to Mike Leach after the ball game. I caught a little bit of his interview, and Neil asked Coach Leach about that play in particular. He goes, "Well, he's like, I actually like that play a lot. He's like, that's something that we run. He's like, and, and we run it pretty well. And he said that may be part of the reason that we defended it well is because our guys see that all the time, and they give us heck." When we try to run it in practice situations, I thought that was a really interesting. But but Mike Leach kind of was like, nah, I, I loved the play call. We just made a play there. Um, I know we got to go to break. So Randy Charlton makes a monster play there. Jaden Crumity was a monster on the defensive line. Davis was good on the defensive line. I thought Pickering played okay. Cam Young only had two tackles in the game last night. Cam Young wrecked Ole Miss in the middle of that defensive front last night. I mean, just a lot of guys that played really, really well for Mississippi State on that side of the ball. More coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll go to the ceasefire text line and try to play catch up on some of your messages when we come back. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to, back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Supertalk Mississippi. Mississippi. 
Spire text line 601-879-4395. Uh, Bruce says, Richard, I disagree with some of your comments about Ole Miss's ranking earlier in the year. I've seen both Ole Miss and Mississippi State have good seasons starting out and not be ranked high because of the light schedule. I do believe some of the Ole Miss ranking was the Kiffin effect. Ole Miss was getting some points based on Lane's reputation. There's some truth to that. And we talked we talked about that during the preseason. They said that, you know, Kiffin had gotten a reputation as such a good play caller, such a good offensive coach, that you just believed in him to be able to replace Corral and those guys. Uh, Bruce also says Randy Charlton said something similar in uh, an interview about seeing that play from Mississippi State a lot, and that's kind of what uh, had his antenna up for it. All right, Jeb has uh, sent us the same message multiple times in this hour, so let's be sure that we get it out there. Jeb says... Richard, it's Jeb. Do you think Lane is coming back? And when the three-man front on defense doesn't work, why do we keep doing it? And what bowl game do you see us going to? Please get my message on the radio, please. Got it, Jeb. You're on the radio, bud. I do not know about Lane Kiffin. I, I just I just don't know. I have thought that I have had a good gut multiple times. There's something about the fact that people that work with Lane Kiffin and people that are close to Lane Kiffin still aren't convinced that he's staying, even though he, in about the plainest terms possible, said as directly as possible last night when asked, do you anticipate being the head coach at Ole Miss next year? Yes, I do. Neil McCready asked that question. Blake Toppenmeyer from USA Today followed it up later with, hey, I just want to follow up on that earlier question. If Auburn offers you the job to be their head coach, do you expect to be the Ole Miss head coach? Yes, I do. Now, I suppose Lane Kiffin could do some backpedaling if he want to and say, you know, I expect to be, I anticipate being, unless something changes, I will be. I mean, I, I suppose that there is... Technically an out, but, you know, don't whiz on my head and try to convince me that it's raining also comes to mind. Well, that, and I've talked to enough people that, whether directly or indirectly, have connections with players, and a lot of them just don't buy it at this point. They, They just don't buy it because it hasn't felt committed. And, again, I say... A stroke of a pen ends this all. Lance Leopold agreed to a contract extension during the season. No more Lance Leopold to Nebraska talk. Kalen DeBoer, he agreed to his extension at Washington. Mark Stoops did it at Kentucky. It's easily done, and all of this can can go away rather quickly, and there's a reason it has not. Could it end up with him staying at Ole Miss? Sure, certainly can. His answer... When he was asked about contracts, I, I thought it was really telling. When he said, "Well, I've signed three already. Why is everybody? Why does everybody care so much about the fourth one?" Because it demonstrates a lack of commitment to your program when your fans and players and staff members and administration see other coaches, two of which in your league, commit to their programs by signing extensions. No more talk about Mark Stoops in Nebraska. No more talk about Lance Leopold in Nebraska. They signed extensions. Done. If Ole Miss happens to come open, yeah. guess who's not on the list anymore? Lance Leopold. Because it, it, it's done. The, the noise is gone in the Kansas program. Gone. Because their coach signed their extension. 
you saying that, well, why do people care about the contract, is either a, a great display of tone deafness, having no idea what is bothering your fans and, and your people, or it's an out. It's one of those two. Because if you don't know why the contract thing is bothering people so bad, you either don't get it or you you are preserving an out. Yeah, and, and I mean, I get what he's saying, but it's not about, because he, what, the, the add-on that he gave there was, that doesn't, you know, signed a contract last year and yet here we are again. It's not about next year. It's about ending the speculation for right now. Yes. And that there's been a lot of damage done to the Ole Miss program in the last two weeks. I had somebody I had somebody text me this morning that said all of the goodwill that has been built up over the last three years disappeared in two weeks. I think there's some truth to that. Not that that goodwill can't be recaptured, because all people really care about when it is said and done is wins. Winning, right? I mean, you go out and you win. People don't hmm. care. Whatever, do whatever, do whatever you want. It's just one win. Win the bowl game. Go nine and four. It's 19 wins in two years at Ole Miss. Yeah. Who's, who's better than that in the conference other than Georgia and Alabama? I will answer that for you. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Um, what were Jeb's other two questions? Uh, why don't they get out of the three-man front? Uh, Jeb, I don't know. Your your guess is as good as mine. I, I think they think it's personnel-related. Look, I mean, even if you look at when Ole Miss has got three linemen in there, they got Tavius Robinson, who's – Tall and thin and long, he's athletic, but he's not big. They got JJ Pegues in there. They got Cedric Johnson in there. I mean, JJ Pegues is a big boy in the middle. KD Hill short and wide. They don't have the size and the personnel to consistently go four man front, or at least that seems to be the explanation. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Do NC State and North Carolina play for a trophy? Good question. Yeah. Uh, wait, now the bell is Duke in North Carolina, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Duke, North Carolina is the victory bell. I'm not sure about NC State okay. in North Carolina. I'm not They're sure, like then, yeah. 20 minutes apart. That tobacco road. I was struck uh, when I went to Greenville last weekend. I, I had to fly into Raleigh and then drive to Greenville. I mean, you, you get out of there and you're like, you're in Raleigh and there's the sign for Chapel Hill and there's the sign for Durham and. Um, Wake Forest is actually you know, an hour and a half away from the, the triangle, but, man, those three schools are, are close. It's crazy. I mean, we talk about you know two major schools in the state of Mississippi yeah, at the SEC level in a small state. Population a little bit different in, uh, in North Carolina, clearly. But to have Duke, North Carolina, and NC State that close to each other is, uh, is crazy. Scoreboard update, Arizona 17-14, leading Arizona State in the third quarter of the Territorial Cup. Great name. Halftime in Como, Arkansas 21, Mizzou 20. NC State up 14-10 over North Carolina at the end of the second quarter. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying great game. I've been watching that while we're, while we're talking here, and 
very yeah, much back good. and forth. Lot, lot, lot of good, a lot of offense. Colorado State leading seven nothing over New Mexico at the half. Nebraska up seventeen zip on Iowa in Iowa City. That might be an insurmountable lead. That's with eight fourteen to go in the second quarter. And uh, UCLA leading 7 nothing over Cal and driving with the football. Tonight on ABC, 6.30 Central Time, Florida, Florida State. 9 o'clock tonight on FS1, you got Wyoming and Fresno State. So a little more football coming up, and then a huge slate of games coming up tomorrow. Some of you have asked. Bruce Marshall will join us later in this uh, 4 o'clock hour. 4.37 is the uh, official time that Bruce will jump on the Farm Bureau guest line with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook, the Golden Moon Casino. You can go and get in on the action yourself at the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon, part of Pearl River Resort. Seaspire text line has been active, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do, right here in Seaspire country. You can visit them online at seaspire.com slash business for more information. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, two things I want to do here. Number one, United States and England. I started to mention it off the top. I didn't think you guys would be offended, but I felt like I would get framed as the Egg Bowl happened last night and you're talking about you international would. soccer. So I, 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 yeah, I held you, off. you couldn't do that. No. You would have. No. Yes. Yeah, you can't so, do that. Uh, USA, England, scoreless draw. Uh, it's actually good news for England, given the backdrop. Because when you compare the United States and England, there's some pretty staggering numbers. In terms of SEC championships, the uh, United States has 88 and England has none. None. Waffle Houses, Waffle Houses 2,100 plus and growing. England, none. Fourth of July. beans for breakfast. Yeah. Fourth, Fourth of July. USA's up 1-0 in that one. And look, can't have an Independence Day when you didn't fight off a uh, monolith regime to gain your independence. Right. So, and look, look, look. Even in Queens, it's a draw. Neither country has a queen. Well, and no, I disagree. There's a borough in New York called Queens. One nil to the United States. Yeah, and Boom. also, Beyonce lives here, and their counter could be, well, Adele. Well, Adele uh, lives here and dates an American guy. So is she even really yours at this point? Probably not. No, no it was it, that was a good result. Eng- England is supposed to be uh, a team that was going to win the whole thing. I mean, they, they were one of the favorites going into this. And, I, I mean, the, the hubris that came from English media, it wasn't, are we going to win? It was... By how many goals are we going to beat the United States? No thought of even drawing. And honestly, they should have lost. We're the better side today. We, we had more chances than they did. Pulisic hit the crossbar on a pretty impressive shot that if I mean, if it's three inches lower, it's a win. Beat Iran on Tuesday, a team that you're better than, and you're moving on. I mean, it was it's not a win, but it's, it's, a, t- it's a draw plus. Because this was by far the toughest team you're going to play in the group stage. And one of the favorites, one of the best teams in the world. And you lined up, so to speak. That's a football term. But you lined up, and you matched them player for player. 
There was nothing fluky about it. They didn't park the bus. They were aggressive and and played just as well, and in some cases outplayed one of the best yeah, teams the in the world. They missed some opportunities. They did. Uh, gosh, that crossbar shot. Just, oh, if it was yeah. just three inches lower, we win the game. But either way, <laughs> and, good, and good you guys day. Can, you, you guys can tell me while I'm, well, Porky, you're doing that thing that we say you can't do in college football. You can't do it in soccer either. You don't know how the game changes if you get that goal there. True. It may change yeah. England's approach. But nevertheless, the only thing that I hated was that little rinky-dink roll it out to the side with no time left that Pulisic yeah. had. Fire on frame and see what happens there, mister. I want to be the best guy in the world. He was really good today, though. Pulisic had really a good really today. good day. Uh, he, I mean, he's impressive. Man of the match. The, that, that's the third youngest team in the tournament right there. I mean, we're, we're starting... Incredibly young players. We started a 19-year-old last week. I mean, it's an impressive young group that is growing up. I mean, that was this is Pulisic's <laughs> second World Cup game ever, and he played like that. Chase in Columbus says, in a few hundred years, England has gone from ruling two-thirds of the world to a country the size of Alabama. Massive <laughs> L. <laughs> That's really well played, Chase. Love you it. call that a tower? Try the Sears Tower, friend. Yeah, yeah. It's got four sides and windows. That's right. Uh, oh. Um. Let's. Uh, I oh, hesitate Lord. to do it. I hesitate to do it because I know where it's going to go. But but I think it's I think it's worthwhile because it, it's both. Set. No no no! Don't you do it! Don't you do it! Hey Dad! Don't you be the instigator here. Because Mike Leach okay. refused to talk about the officiating after the game because he was afraid he was going to get fined. I heard him say that to Neil Price himself. Neil and, tried to ask him about, find hey, me. what was the you know what was the explanation that you got, and um, he's like, I just I don't I don't I, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I want to talk about it, but I'm not going to. You guys have been watching football for a long time. What what did your high school football coaches tell you? Play what? Through the whistle. But when the, the whistle echo blows, of the whistle. When the whistle blows, though, you stop. And if you don't, you get a dumb penalty. Help me understand the adjudication of that call. First of all, it was a lateral. It was a backwards pass. When it's all said and done. They got it right. It should have been Mississippi State's football. But let's set that aside for a second and explain how, one, you can blow a play dead. Two, you can then announce that due to an inadvertent whistle, we will replay the down, which I kind of felt was like they're just making it up on the fly. And then they go and have like a four-minute review, and they're like, uh, player from Mississippi State recovered the ball. It's Mississippi State football, first down. After they had already admitted that they blew the whistle and everybody stopped. Well, I guess they didn't admit that everybody stopped. But everybody stopped except Jet Johnson, I guess, who grabbed the football. Good for him, by the way. Good yeah. for Mississippi State. And I know people are like, oh, well, the drive didn't end. In a, it doesn't matter if it didn't end in a score. It changes the terrible play call also. Changes the complexion of the game though, because you give the ball to Mississippi State and you lose, you know, whatever momentum you've got in the drive and time and all of those things. 
Explain it to me, guys. Well, I will do that with the help of uh, Sunday Night Football uh, officiating uh, consultant, uh, Terry McCauley, who picked up this play on Twitter. Going to have to read a little bit here, but here we go. The original announcement was of an inverter whistle. This is a one, the one time that the whistle doesn't cre- create a dead ball. More importantly, this tells us the officials on the field have ruled the pass backwards. Had they ruled it forward, it would simply be an incomplete pa- pass and no inadvertent whistle. College replay rules allow for reviewing inadvertent whistles and awarding the ball to the team if they recover in the immediate continuing action. So replay started with an on-field ruling of a backwards pass. The angles are inconclusive either way, so that ruling had to stand. The defensive player number 44 is in the vicinity and immediately moves to recover the ball, so the defense was correctly awarded possession. The final announcement that the pass was backwards after review was likely poorly worded. He needed to say that the on-field ruling of a backwards pass stands and explain the defense recovered the ball following the inadvertent whistle. A lot of talk there to say they got it right in the end. It was, again, I'll use Jack Crystal phrase, it was properly adjudicated. And yet it still makes no sense. When the whistle blows, the play ends. At every level of football. Except for this one situation where we're going to go, oh yeah, we messed up and 21 and 22 players stop. But you know what? Good for number 22. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Sometimes I think we take for granted that everybody knows everything in the game. And, and yeah. Hey, dude, that was news to me. The, the explanation that you read from Terry McCall yeah. was quite well explained. Um, and, and again, I mean, even last night when you watched all the replay, you're like, well, they got it right. I mean, ultimately they yeah. did. They, they, they got it right. They, it was ruled properly, at least in terms of how it should have played out. But you still are like, but you blew the whistle. Yeah, but I didn't mean to. I don't care if you meant to or not. You blew the whistle and the whistle stops. And and, and I thought Lane Kiffin raised an interesting point. He's like, well, what if, what if you blow the whistle and then we go and we hit a guy? Well, it's going to be a personal foul. Well, yeah, but you were just, I thought it might have been an inadvertent whistle. It's like, the whistle can only mean one thing, and it's like, stop. But anyway, uh, the point that I was going to make, though, was sometimes we kind of take for granted that everybody knows exactly the same thing. We've had a couple of questions today that have popped up about sideline warnings, saying, look, I've watched games, I'll listen to games on the radio, and I hear this sideline warning Think, What does that mean? Well, each team is allowed one sideline warning. The coaching box, which is between the 30s, and it's like, what, three yards deep, two yards deep, you know, off the edge of the field, is supposed to be clear of traffic. Players are, that, that, that there's a painted white box that goes 30 to 30, and it's about six feet from the sideline to where it stops, and nobody's supposed to be in that other than the head coach. You have strength coaches and assistant coaches and players creep up into it and everything else. If the official, the the linesman who's working up and down, or any official for that matter, 
feels like their progress up and down the sideline is being impeded or they're just looking to pick a nit or they got a burr in their saddle or whatever else, they think somebody is in that area and shouldn't be, they can throw a flag. The first time the flag comes in, you get a warning. If the flag is thrown a second time, then it is a penalty that is actually marked off. Ole Miss got an early sideline warning. Mississippi State got a sideline warning later in the game. Everybody rolls their eyes. Everybody for every team rolls their eyes when you get the announcement of sideline warning. This is Team X's first sideline warning. It's like, what? just come on, man. That's how you get four-hour football games. That's how. I, I will say, if an official is running down the sideline and is knocked off, like runs into somebody, like there's physical contact and he can't do his job, okay at that point, yeah, whatever. But just like you're tired of people yelling at you, so I don't know. That don't make any sense to me. That don't make no sense. Hey, by the way, terrible look from the Ole Miss students throwing stuff on the field. I don't care whether it's a Coke bottle or a beer bottle or a whiskey bottle or a chair. This is one of those things like... Or anything else. Never. Nobody's immune to it. Never. It happens everywhere, but it's just terrible. Stop it! Stop it! Never call an opposing player a criminal because your guys will commit a crime soon enough. Never say that their play, your player... Yeah, never say, oh, well, you know, he cheated because your team will cheat soon enough. And never complain about classless behavior from a fan base because your fan base will do it soon enough. Whether you're Ole Miss or Tennessee or Mississippi State or LSU or anybody now, else. I Liberty, did see a lot of Tennessee, Tennessee media people saying, well, why, why did we get treated so bad? It's like, because oh, yours was much worse, you. guys. I mean, come on now. It's t- stupid. The kids should have been kicked out. All that stuff. Incredibly dumb. Incredibly stupid. Stopping a game because you're throwing beer cans on the field is dumb. But it was what? A dozen students? That's about how many cans went there? It wasn't 100,000 people. Who threw the chair? Well, and then there, a chair who, at the end of the where game. Where does a chair come from? Remarkably where do y'all have chairs stuff? in the stadium? All of those people need to be punished. Like it's like a handicapped seating. Yeah, it, there's like an area. Oh. So they stole a chair from a handicapped person and threw it? it oh, my gosh. After the game, I don't think that they knocked somebody out of a chair that was on crutches. It was right after the game. Point, point being... Like, it's bad. Get up, old man. I need that chair. It is incredibly stupid, and the people that did it should be punished. But the scale comparing that to what happened to Nealon last year is a bit of a different yeah. thing. It was a little bit Ugh. worse when you have to escort your own bands and cheerleaders out of the stadium because they feared for their safety. It's a little bit different. That's all. Just a little bit. Of course, they had half a state's football team ran directly to the Ole Miss student section. Oh, here we go. Also, no, no, I'm, big. I'm they were here. asking for it. Vibes no, coming here. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. My question is, why? why? Uh, well, I mean, Ole Miss's players ran towards state student section last year. I don't recall any oh, debris. Yeah. I mean, you're going down there. You know, hey, we got well, you. Okay, then can I one year retroactively say that was really? Stupid for Ole Miss's students, uh, players to do that. Also, just go I don't have an issue with the players team. going that way. I don't have a problem with that. But I had a ton of people in my mentions saying, uh, 
Uh, you know, well, they, they had it coming. Really? They had it coming? Somebody throwing uh, a chair dumb. out there? It's not the ECW arena. The Sandman and Tommy Dreamer aren't coming out of the crowd. What are we doing here? Also, to Borky's point, I can't tell you how many Tennessee fans were in my mentions last night tagging Bruce Feldman, Pete Thamel, and David Ubbin trying to get, like, whoa, whoa, where's your article? Let me see it. I was just happy we got a video of that chair going to the field. They, they, they throw the chair, and you hear me on the video go, I think someone just threw a chair. <laughs> and as soon as he said, as soon as the guy next to me, Jack Byers from uh, from BulldogBlitz.com, he's sending out the tweet with the video. I was like, "You are about to go viral. Just go ahead and brace your notifications for it." And now he's got like 150 thousand views on that video. Yeah, that's uh, well done. There's there's a reason that I wish I had done it. That armed robbery has one minimum sentence, and a traffic ticket has a different one. That's all. They're both breaking the law, but one's a little bit different. Breaking the law. Only at the Tennessee people, because they love the false equivalence thing. But that's that's a them problem. (laughs) Uh, Ceasefire text line. Who throws a chair? Overall, it was a pretty clean game. I agree. It was. Very few penalties on either team. There was nothing on the field between the teams. There was no chippiness at any point, I didn't think. There's like one, like just one little instance of like a shove after the play. Nothing. Yeah, Cam Young got called for a 15 yarder. Give Nick Broker a lot of credit, man. He gave it the Ric Flair flop, heading straight down, completely spread eagle. I give him credit for that one. Uh, Hunter. I don't know what to say to you here. I was surprised about how small the crowd was. Where's the ramp? There were a ton of empty seats when the game started, like whole sections. Hunter, I, I'm not really sure what you were looking for. There were four areas of the stadium where there were pockets of empties. The uh, northeast and northwest corners of the student section had a pocket that wasn't full. And then above the Ole Miss band, which is visitor tickets, and then kind of some scattered empties below the Mississippi State band. I think it's well established. We've talked about it on this show. Neither Ole Miss fans nor Mississippi State fans travel well for this game anymore. Ne- neither team take it, takes its full allotment of tickets. 5000 is the allotment that both schools are offered. We, we have reached the point where neither school takes all 5000 ever anymore. It's more like... 2,000, 2,500, 3,000. But what I thought well, and, the crowd was really, really good. And I, I, I remarked, I was shocked, honestly. Like, I thought that the crowd last night was going to be in the 50, 52,000 range. Hey, we talked about that yesterday in my house. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 50-ish thousand? I, the mm-hmm. announced attendance was 62. That might be a little aggressive, but there were 60 there last night. That was a good crowd. It was a good crowd, especially, you know, and the weather kind of held off. It rained in the second half, but it wasn't a torrential downpour by any stretch of the I, Of course, you know, you're down wet. there in the rain, so. It was pretty wet. Was it, was it, yeah. Okay. Well, like from where I was sitting, I was like, this looked like it was, it was raining, but not pouring. Yeah. So. And the, yeah, but, it but it didn't like happen until like mid third quarter, you know? Yeah. Uh, the broadcast like needs that, a shout that out. Pour as down well, soak you. I'm sorry. I'm, go I, ahead, Borky. Sorry I, about I, that. Yeah, that was my bad. But uh, the Matt was it Matt Barr and, and Lewis Riddick.
Matt Barry. Barry. They, they did a really good job last night. What Poor Matt was, was trying so hard to not get Ole Miss and Mississippi State confused, but he was trying to call Ole Miss Mississippi, and he kept just like dropping State in there, and that was a problem. But at the beginning of the game... Jackie Sherrill paid him off before the game. If you were wondering, by the way, if you're an Ole Miss fan wondering if anybody either at the network or at your school got in contact with ESPN about the way the Arkansas game was handled, the very beginning of the broadcast tells you that answer is yes. They basically read a statement about, we understand that there's talk about Lane Kiffin going to Auburn. We're not going to spend our time on this broadcast talking about that. We're going to talk about the players on the field and the game in front of us. But we know it's there, it's part of the story, but the game is our story tonight. Or something like that. So, I don't know him well, but I've met him. Matt Berry is as big an advocate for college football inside of ESPN at Bristol as there is. He's a big college football fan, and I think he gets it. Yeah, whether he's the best broadcaster or not, I guess that's up for debate. But Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. It is time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. It is that time of the week. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet joins us right now. Bruce, I hope you and your family had a wonderful Thanksgiving yesterday. Yes, you too, Rich. It was real good. Got more sports on TV than any Thanksgiving I can remember yesterday, so it was pretty good. Yeah, a lot, lot happening. All right, hey, before we jump into games, Brian Haydad uh, had something that he wanted to either say to you or ask you about. So, Haydad, fire away. Bruce, I just want to let you know, I do a college football pick with some friends of mine, and I'm having such a good year. They all said, Bruce Marshall must have either given you a free membership to the gold sheet, or you paid for one, one of the two, because that's the only way you could pick games this good. Well, just uh, I'm, I'm on with Rich every week. I hope they work out. They don't all win. I know that, but uh, you'll hear. I got a few more for you here today. We'll see what they what happens. Let's do it. All right, so so let's dive into these, Bruce. Uh, I, let's start with one that's happening tonight, right? This Florida-Florida State matchup. Florida State got a chance to win nine games, and it didn't look good. I mean, this was kind of a referendum year for Mike Norvell in, or in, uh, in Tallahassee. And uh, you look up, and now he's got a chance to get nine. They had that win against LSU to open the season. What, what do you think about the Knowles tonight? Well, I, I think, you know, they have really surged the last month. Um, and Mike Norvell, is, he had, this is an important year for him. He has solidified his spot there. They're not talking about Dion anymore. And uh, Jordan Travis has put up really good numbers. They're swarming on defense. This is the best run in the last month they've had. They've really hammered uh, uh, four in a row here. And uh, we haven't seen this since uh, Jimbo was flying high about eight, nine years ago uh, that Florida State looked this good. Caveat is that they've been playing some lower division uh, ACC teams and like Syracuse, which has really cooled off the second half of the year. But uh, Travis, like we said, is really putting up some good numbers. I don't know what to make of Florida here. And the inconsistencies we've talked about all season really manifest in the last couple of weeks. 
they ran the ball almost 400 yards against uh, South Carolina two weeks ago. They couldn't run a lick versus Vanderbilt last week, but Richardson threw for almost 400. Uh, it's been that sort of back and forth all year for these guys, and defense, too, has blown very hot and cold. And you can rest assured that Billy Napier is going to hear about it from Gators Nation losing to Vanderbilt. Uh, so uh, we'll, I don't trust uh, Florida right now, though. I'm not sure Florida State's as good as it has looked the last month. I'm going to go ahead and play those recent trends here. 37-23 Florida State. They do have a lot of momentum. Uh, they get this game at home, and I think uh, I think the Noles get them. Florida State, nine-and-a-half point favorite. Total, by the way, in that game is uh, is 58 going into that. So maybe you take a peek at the over as well. Uh, what about some of these games tomorrow? I guess let's start with the Iron Bowl. Um, Alabama, 22-point favorite. I can't help, Bruce, but look at the trend that we've had over the last decade, decade and a half. When this game is on the plains at Auburn, it's close, and Auburn wins their fair share of them. It feels like when it's in Tuscaloosa, I mean, it's Katie bar the door boat race. Alabama's going to have no trouble. Do we get that again tomorrow? Well, that's a good point, Rich, and uh, you're right. I mean, the last time Auburn won at Tuscaloosa was that Cam Newton year, and they came back right. and won that one 28-27. They have been boat raced the last five times there, and the games at Jordan Air have been really close. And who knows if Tank Bigsby doesn't go out of bounds, uh, Carson might still be the coach uh, at Auburn right now. So, I mean, on such little things, history changes. Uh, one thing but, that Cadillac the butterfly is effect, right? The, the butterfly it, effect that we get? Yes, it would be. It would. But I tell you, you know, Cadillac has got these guys playing hard. Um, uh, you know, they've covered three straight. They've won two in a row. They're running it. I mean, it's it's Bigsby, it's Hunter, and Ashford isn't throwing much. They've just got him running the ball, too. But they have simplified the offense, and they're playing hard. Alabama seems to have gone through the motions here lately, and I don't know if I want to lay that many points with them. I, it's just tricky all the way around. A couple of other notes. Auburn apparently is going to make some announcement about the coach after the game tomorrow. Uh, so who knows what's going on there and what sort of distractions that might be. Auburn has played through that pretty well the last uh, couple weeks. And I would also caution everybody, Alabama is not dead yet for the Final Four. I mean, they've got them, set, they've got them ahead of Clemson in the latest uh, rankings, and the three teams right ahead of them, TCU, USC, and LSU, are all chances, decent chances to lose between now and Selection Sunday. So... It's not impossible. They need a lot. They need some chaos, but it could still happen. Uh, bottom line, though, I'm not going to lay the points tomorrow. 33-16. Alabama's been a little bit too unreliable laying this many points, and Auburn's still playing hard. So maybe they uh, don't get embarrassed tomorrow. You know, Vanderbilt's on a little bit of a heater, Bruce. They, they've won two in a row, and now Tennessee coming off of just that epic. Well, I mean, they give up 66. Hendon Hooker goes down with the ACL injury, so it's going to be Joe Milton. Is there? Is there any hope here for the Commodores and Clark Lee at home to finish and get bowl eligible? I think there might be. I mean, and I, I didn't see this coming because uh, they had not been playing that well. In the, in the South Carolina game three weeks ago, they really got ravaged. However, Clark Lee got a break, I maintain, when A.J. Swan, the freshman quarterback, got hurt. They're a lot more dangerous with Mike Wright in at quarterback. I mean, he's a big yeah. play machine, and, I mean, his touchdown – pass to, to pass ratio. I mean, he hasn't thrown as many passes as Caleb Williams this year, but it's about the same. And he's and his run uh, is a 59-yard touchdown run, 87-yard touchdown run. I mean, he's a big play machine, and, and he has helped him the last couple weeks. Certainly the big run against Kentucky, last-minute drive. 
And uh, last week, I don't think they beat Florida without uh, Wright either. So Clark Lee's catching a break here. They have also covered five of the last six in the series. You're right. Milton's in there at quarterback for Hooker. Um, I, I think this could be a tricky game for, for Tennessee. 31-24 volunteers. I'm taking Vandy points. And you're right. If just in case they pulled the hat trick here, three upsets in a row, they'd get bowl eligible. Who saw that coming a few weeks ago? Uh, the answer to that question is nobody. Nobody, and if they tell you they did, they're lying to you. Just it, it didn't exist anywhere. Um, instead of me throwing you any more games, I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of throw me a couple. Uh, we got three minutes left, Bruce. Before we do that, tell us, uh, tell us where we can get your picks if we're so inclined. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. we got, of course, the basketball every day, and that's a good read, too. A lot of college hoops and the football publication up there now for the weekend. And uh, NFL, too, goldsheet.com. My picks there also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. So this is such a fun weekend, Bruce, with rivalry games happening all over the country. There's so many storylines. There's so much history. Sometimes there's animosity. Where where do you see some stuff that, that stands out this weekend? Kansas State. Uh, plays Kansas, um, and Chris Kleiman, just like Bill Snyder used to do, he made sure he not only dominated Kansas, but really dominated them, rubbed their nose in it every year, and Kleiman's done the same thing, 3-0, and big wins all against Kansas. Kansas State wins this game, they get to the Big 12 title in that rematch against TCU that they want. They've got two quarterbacks, I don't think it matters if it's Martinez or Howard, they're both well good enough to get this offense going. Kansas was a great story until about midseason. They ran out of gas. You saw last week they just got flattened by Texas. Even with the quarterback Daniels back, the defense is out of gas right now. I think Kansas State rolls up a really big score tomorrow. Uh, on Kansas, uh, the eleven and a half is not that big a spread the way this series has gone in recent years, and uh, sets itself up for a rematch against TCU. Again, Kansas State thinks it should have won in Fort Worth last month, so that could be yeah. pretty exciting next week in the Big Twelve. What about this one at uh, at the shoe on the uh, well? I'll mess the name of the river up. Uh, the 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 uh, Otangi Olentangy. Sorry, the yeah. Olentangy on the banks of the Olentangy, Michigan and Ohio State. Let's wrap it up there, Bruce. Yes, who is there? Brett Norsworthy is up there. This I know. Week. He's watching hey. the game. Yep. I and, know. First uh, time. Yeah, and I think last year, I think Michigan has changed here the last two years. They're back to being a line of scrimmage team. And this, I don't know what was wrong Harbaugh's first four or five years there, but they look like a Harbaugh team now, like Stanford looked, like his old Michigan teams looked. They're running the ball. And I think Ohio State is kind of a bully, and uh, Michigan stood up to them last year. And I I don't think they're scared of Ohio State anymore. And uh, and listen, they are also the sixth least penalized team in the country. Great coaching done by Harbaugh and his staff. And I like McCarthy at, quarter, at quarterback and Corm. I think they go up there and win. 31-28 Michigan. But I will Ooh. say, I think both these teams probably get in the playoff as long as the loser doesn't get routed uh, tomorrow. A one-loss Big Ten runner-up. Uh, and, and as long as the West team doesn't win the Big Ten championship the next week, um, I think the loser might still get in the Final Four of these two. With the caveat being Georgia has to beat LSU, right? Uh, yes, yes, that would that would of course have to uh, fit as well. Well, and I, and I guess maybe there's a question that goes along with that as well. If LSU beats Georgia, we still believe Georgia gets in the playoff. Do you think LSU gets in? Yes, I think LSU does. 
Um, LSU will not if it loses. But uh, Georgia could get in. Remember, that's what happened to Georgia last year. They were one going in. They lost to Alabama. They were still in the playoff. I think they're in yeah. regardless. And that's why I'd be a little reluctant to lay that big number against Georgia Tech tomorrow because that's 35 or so at home, and, you know, they could, they'll could they win. But that's a big number for Georgia tomorrow, and they're already just setting up for the Final Four. What a great sports weekend, Bruce. Thanks, as always, for your time. Look forward to uh, talking to you next Friday. Okay, Rich. Thank you. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. You can get his picks there and also at Don Best. Bruce is great. We'll take a timeout. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Bruce joined us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, 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 the Mississippi media anointed Ole Miss all year long after that soft seven-game start. They end up 1-4, and like a lot of people said. Their schedule was so soft. Ole Miss put a lot of emphasis into that Kentucky game, which Kentucky probably should have won in Oxford. But I blame it all on the media anointing the Ole Miss Rebels as the kings of Mississippi when they really weren't fake news when they really were fake mm. news i think mm. okay harsh but fair you know it's really stupid the overrated chant or messages like that don't you want the team you just beat to be good the team that you beat by two by the way don't you want them to be good and said oh they were frauds they're terrible they stink well then why, why did it take a stop two point conversion to i mean <laughs> No, they were good. You beat a good team. You were better, but they were That's, good. That's what you should be saying today. Hey, They're good. I, we're better. That's what you do. As the game was unfolding at the end last night, where had you guys gone in your minds? Was Ole Miss going to get the two-point conversion? Did you think Ole Miss was going to score the touchdown on that last drive? If they scored the touchdown, did you think they were going to get two? If they got two, there was a buck twenty-five left on the clock. Did you think Mississippi State was going to drive down and score again? Because I know you had played it forward in your head. I was so dumbfounded by everything that had happened to that point that, like, it didn't. It wasn't occurring to me that. Oh, Ole Miss was running out of time. And then when they scored, I was like, okay, they'll go for two here and we'll have overtime. And then when they they didn't get it, I was like, okay, they'll onside. I just never – I could never string enough thoughts together to have a feeling one or the other. We didn't talk about one of the big uh, things in this game is Kiffin using two timeouts on the two-point conversion. That effectively – I mean, the game. it would have been difficult – it would have been difficult for Ole Miss to, to do anything with what they were going to have left, but that definitely ended the game. 
for Ole Miss. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen. You know, call one timeout to make sure you got everything straight. Sure. Well, but, but two. But this isn't college basketball where you where you have eight timeouts. What are you doing? But there was there was a little bit of a butterfly effect, right? So Lane Kiffin was frustrated that they didn't reset the play clock. He he thought that it should have been you know the whatever reset to the twenty five second play clock. Um, and so it was running down. And the reason he wanted so badly for the play clock to be set was they had the package in that they wanted and didn't want Mississippi State to have the opportunity to substitute there. So they took the timeout. They run the same package back out. Mississippi State made an adjustment to the look that they gave, did not like the play call that they had for the second deal, and subsequently took the second timeout. But, yeah, you, you, you can't burn two timeouts there because of the possibility that you might not get the two-point. You really shouldn't take a timeout, period. No. There's no you got to have a play ready in that instance. 100%. Right? Regardless of what the defense is doing, this is what we run on the two-pointer. Yeah, because the three and out. I thought they'd go wildcat there. I thought they'd just they'd snap it. Because that was working for them. They had, they had run it a couple times successfully. They yeah. just snap it directly to Judkins. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely... Um, uh, that was not good clock management there. I, I was, you know, it was, <laughs> I was like, okay, if Ole Miss ties this, they've left a lot of time, and can Mississippi State go down and get in field goal range to try and win it? And then will they, will Massimo Biscardi make a field goal? And Mississippi State, who has had trouble at times with uh, with the kicking game, but it has really settled over the last six games. Will they win it with a field? I don't know. Just a lot of scenarios playing out, and none of them came to uh, fruition. By the way, I hate to lay the ball sideways on the tee and try and kick a spinner for the onside kick. Why do we have to reinvent everything in the kicking game? I mean, it's kind of worked for 100 years. I don't know. That that onside kick, too, just straight to the MSU guy who swallowed it up, J.P. Purvis, just just to... State special teams, they, they, they didn't miss last night. Everything they well, did, they didn't they go did, 10 yards, play. and there was no hop. Well, there's it was that just too. a spinner on the ground. But at the same time, you know, if, if you bobble that, yeah, it, it's a live ball. It's time to go. So he, good job by Purvis, you know, to go down there and clean that up. Yeah. Uh, Zach on the coast says, if Kiffin hadn't burned the two timeouts, I thought they would get the two. State would go three and out, and Ole Miss would have a field goal to win it. Okay, I mean, and, and Zach, obviously that's the way you wanted it to play out, but that's kind of what I was getting to, right? You know, did you play it all forward in your head, but they burned the two timeouts? Uh, another message, before the game started, I thought Ole Miss was going to blow State out. Okay. Uh, I don't think you were alone. We also get a message that says, is there an update on Kiffin? There is not. At least not one that I'm aware of. They are about to go to the fourth quarter in Columbia, Missouri, 29-24. Missouri leading it over Arkansas with 10 seconds left in the third. College football fix. That's how we will begin the 5 o'clock hour next.
Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. hour on this Friday Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you enjoyed it yesterday with family and friends. And if you had to work yesterday or for whatever reason you pushed it back a day or into the weekend, hope the entire weekend is a good one with plenty of football and plenty of food. Got home late last night and did not get leftovers. And do you know what I would give for a plate of leftover Thanksgiving meal right now? Define late, by the way. Oh, yeah, not nearly as late as you. All right. You should have just crashed at the cross house. Oh, no, they wouldn't have wanted it. I'd have been persona non grata walking up in there. Yeah. I mean, you'd have been welcome, been... but I probably would have said, hey, just build yourself a, a, a fire outside and you can yeah. sleep, on, you sleep outside. Out uh, yeah. With the rest yeah. of the dogs. Yeah, don't, don't have a eh, dog sleep inside at our house. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even as good as the pets. No, we just don't have a guest bedroom. That would have been the issue. Ah, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, sports you have a couch. Talk. Well, yeah, you could do that. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming <laughs> at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more online at ceasefire.com. Slash business. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can visit them online at genteelapparel.com. That is not a Genteel shirt that Michael Borky has on today. He's going full on Team USA. Yeah, and it's um, cold in this office. I am freezing. This is not, I mean, this is authentic stuff. And uh, it's like I got nothing on, which would be an interesting Washington show and his men were freezing at Valley Forge. You'll be all right. Yeah. USA. Took the Valley Forge exit, leaving the Philadelphia airport today. I didn't go all the way to Valley yeah, Forge, but so. yeah. There Speaks. were beer showers in London, by the way. I saw a video of uh, one of the massive watch parties in London, and they were so mad they were throwing beer at each other. Not in celebration. They were throwing beer at each other because they were all so mad because, by God, England has never, ever beaten the United States in a World Cup game. It has never happened. Wow. Only Did three tries, it? but still. Uh, the United States also had its first World Cup shutout ever against a European country today. Yeah, Turner was really good today. I mean, team was good. Was. Had chances, yeah. just didn't just didn't execute, but that's okay. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio, you want to bet on the World Cup or any of the great football or NFL games that are coming up this weekend? Well, you can do that at the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. It's the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. Uh, did um, I know we got to get to picks, and, and we'll do that in a second. Um, we don't have to if we don't th- want to. But well, uh, I mean, there there are a couple of things that I was thinking about from the game last night, and there was a lot of like similar on both sides. So Mississippi State turned it over three times. Ole Miss has one turnover in the game. But I don't think turnovers really ended up being. I, somebody pointed out this earlier, and and I 
wholeheartedly agree. The play that Tulu Griffin made to keep yes. Mississippi State from having uh, you know ball. What was it? A strip sack got away from Will Rogers mm-hmm. rolling around. Looks like Ole Miss got a chance to cover it. I think Otis Reese tried to scoop and score on that play, couldn't corral it, and you end up with Griffin covering it up. Now, Mississippi State had third and forever, but they still had the ball. And that would have been, now, it would have taken Ole Miss capitalizing in the red zone, which they did not do um, very well last night. But Ole Miss would have had the ball at worst in field goal range after that turnover, but that was a really good play by Tulu Griffin to uh, keep the possession there for Mississippi State. Big that's, play. That's one of the plays of the game. One of the plays of the game for sure. To, yeah. to and think about look look at that look at the stills of that and how you know Otis Reese is right on the ball. Tulu Griffin's yeah. three or four yards behind him, but he just makes an incredible burst to get there. That's 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 a play that doesn't really show up in the box score as much. You mm-hmm. just see it as you know loss of whatever loss of fifteen. But it, it's it's absolutely a play that that won the game for Mississippi State. Kind of balanced out, but there were two massive, massive coverage busts that led to touchdowns. Right, Those so the touchdown pass yeah. uh, where Mississippi State had who, who was it that caught that ball? That was um, Rara Thomas. Yeah, it was Rara. He gave yeah. like one little inside move and then just released straight up the field, and Miles Battle was covering him there and. Clearly, Battle thought that he had safety help over the top, and he was supposed to be covering the flat of the checkdown. I mean, didn't even give a bump to Thomas coming off the line, and he was able to haul it in. But then at the end of the game, almost the same thing, where mm-hmm. Dalen Wade gave kind of a jab step toward the inside and then just released straight up the field and, I mean, was backpedaling, just waiting on the ball to come down to him. It's one of those plays where you're going just – yeah, you know, just just catch it. Just catch the ball. Just catch it. It's like hanging up forever and won't come down. Um, but it's kind of canceled each other out when it was all said yeah. and done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was far from a perfect game for either team. I read somebody earlier kind of categorized it as Mississippi State. At times, was like, "Here, Ole Miss, take it, take it, take it," and Ole Miss was like, "No." We're not going to take it. You take it. And Mississippi State ultimately took it when it was all said and done. But, in fairness, it was the Mississippi State defense that did the taking. They took the number one rushing offense in the SEC at 270 yards per game and held them to 74 yards net rushing. 74 net. Now, Ole Miss gained 124 on the uh, on the ground. But in terms of total yards, 74 for uh, for Ole Miss. And Mississippi State's net rushing yards were 97, but they had 166 gained. That's yes, a lot of negative yeah. yardage on sacks. It, it? It's hilarious that, you know, with the sacks, because Rodgers actually had two or three positive runs in this game, yeah. but he just took so many sacks. But we said on, I think on, on Wednesday Four show, we had the magic for number, right? Four yards. Yeah. The magic number was 25 for carries for Marks yep. and Johnson. What's the number? It's 26, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Mississippi State in total had 38 rush attempts, 39 rush attempts. Yeah. Thir- 37. So 26 Sorry, carries for, for Marks and Johnson for, I think, 147 yards. That is the formula. That is the way for Mississippi State. That is how they win. 
They have to be willing to run the football like that every time out. And if they are, this offense, that's what opens up those little dump-offs over the middle to Wally and to Rufus Harvey that were helping to move the chains. And eventually it's what opens up to let Ra-Ra Thomas go deep and be wide open. Yeah, I saw a lot yeah. of people, of course, it's social media and, and emotions and stuff, but people are getting at your podcast partner, Robbie, about things he said about the team earlier in the season. No, last night affirms why the criticism was valid. That's I don't understand people. It's what 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 has been said about Mississippi State's offense under Mike Leach was affirmed last night, because when yes. it's so frustrating when they don't do that and they lose games like at Kentucky when they refuse to run the football, which makes last night really good and also affirming the criticism before. Why can't both of those be true? People's I just don't understand some of that last night. Well, Shaq a lot of Bully. it are people just are, are idiots. That's the main thing you have to remember. Shaq Bully says, can you see if Kiffin stays at Ole Miss, him going for another quarterback in the offseason, darts up seem, doesn't seem to be the effective passer that Kiffin likes. What? Uh, I, I get, somebody said, did you watch the game? And uh, it, it may have been Borky that responded there. And He says, yes, but that's one game. Don't you think they could have used a more prolific passer during the season to compliment Judkins? I, I, I got news for you. Ole Miss needs a better offensive line, not a better quarterback. Dude, Jackson, I'll say this. I'll say this, and I, and I believe this. If you switch quarterbacks last night and give State Dart and Ole Miss Rodgers, that game might have been like four or five touchdown victory for Mississippi State. Dart was yeah. the significantly he played, Dart played better really well last night. Last night, under duress the entire game. Eight incompletions, what, six of them should have been catches? Uh, I mean, he yeah. he was special well, last night. I, I'd give you two anyway. And, look, uh, somebody mentioned earlier that hit that Jalen Green had on Jonathan Mingo early in the game and, you know, what effect it had throughout the course of the game. All I know is there's one drop that was bigger than all the rest, and it was the kind of throw back across the middle to Mingo where if he catches that ball, he walks into the end zone. I mean, it was on an angle yes. where he was going to split defenders and go into the end zone, and it would have been at a point of the game that, what that would that have given Ole Miss? Were they up sixteen to game, seven yeah. at that point? No, because Stakes scored on the sixteenth right after this. They went to sixteen to seven. No, I was in the first half though. Oh, it would have made it sixteen seven. Is what you're saying? Well, maybe so. I I, I don't remember where yeah. sequence wise in the game it was. All I, I, know I think is it was Mingo a big, was here in footsteps last night. Yeah, I think that, that you mentioned it earlier that the hit from Jalen Green had him here in footsteps the rest of the game. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We've got a Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat coming up next. Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Through the 
Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Don't forget that the ice rink is open from now until the 2nd of January. They were closed yesterday. Only two days that they will be closed between now and then. And that is uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, Hours of operation Monday through Friday from 3 until 8. On Saturday, they're open from noon until 8. And then on Sunday from 1 until 6, I think. But you can double-check that online at visitoxfordms.com and be sure to follow along on all of their social media accounts. That's at visitoxfordms on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Heck of a game happening in Columbia, Missouri. 29-27, Missouri leading. They just had to punt it away to Arkansas with about eight and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That game, if you're not watching it and you want to, is on CBS. Just, uh, you know what time it is. It is time right now for a Food Friday. Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. And that's where you can see all of their products, find some recipe ideas, and check out all the cool stuff that's happening at Polk's. But, as we have told you many, many times over the last year and a half or so, Uh, what you really want to do is go to your local grocery store and go to the meat department and find that Polk's meat packaging. It's the bright yellow label with the blue Polk's on it. Uh, They've got all different types of sausage, specialty meats, and uh, a lot of other cool stuff this time of year. Why should you pick Polk's? Well, one, because it's good. Two, because it's a uh, Mississippi company. And three, because you care. And when you care, you know that picky people pick Polk's. So... I'll start out by telling you that uh, Polk's was part of the Thanksgiving feast at the Cross household yesterday. Did uh, I did I did four packages of Polk's. Two of them were Cajun sausage, and two were the garlic and green onion, and they were both really really good. Kind of did that with a uh, a cheese tray and had some sliced. I guess the cut was Terrace Major. Uh, it's like a shoulder cut of beef, and it was really good. Uh, so good that I didn't get any of it. <laughs> ate a lot of hot crackers too. Those were good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dad was uh, he was a, a couple of minutes later than most of the rest of the crowd, uh, and I was a little late getting over. Once it uh, set out, I was going to go grab a little Sister Schubert's roll, the little Parker House style rolls, and slide a uh, a piece of uh, you know a little medallion on it. That plate was gone. Yeah. Empty, not there. So, but yeah, uh, Polk's was uh, was great. No, many of you did sausage and cheese plates or maybe other stuff that had sausage in it. And uh, thank you for going with Polk's. What about it, guys? Hey, Dad, you're doing Thanksgiving tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's right. I'll, I, I was just thinking about that. I think I've got to get up. Got to get up early tomorrow. It's been an early week for me. I don't. I don't like that. But whatever. Uh, yeah, tomorrow I'll put. I'll have the turkey in the oven about six thirty. Uh, I got to do another batch of Brussels sprouts. Um, my wife will do the mac and cheese for this for this one. Uh, I'll do some mashed potatoes. I got I bought a potato ricer. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make the Rathman potatoes. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, butter, butter, butter. Yeah. Oh, I got butter. Don't worry. And then I also got a uh, we got about a six pound uh, pork loin that I'll throw in the grill tomorrow as well. I like to have a second meat available. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Uh, yeah. Borky, you said that you were off the hook in terms of having to take food to Thanksgiving. 
Did, did you follow through on that and just kind of show up and eat? Yeah, uh, but we've... We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've, he was we've, happy. We've got desserts at the house. That's it. We're uh, we're actually meeting friends for, for dinner tonight. But the best leftover turkey sandwich, in my opinion, is really simple. I've actually added bacon to this as well, which is a, a nice, nice little wild card, by the way. Okay. Um, I get either sourdough or white mountain bread. Toast it. Not too much, though, but, but toast it just enough. Put Swiss cheese on the bottom. Turkey, and then sometimes I put gravy on it. Sometimes I put stuffing on it. Sometimes I have put mashed potatoes on it. Whatever you got, throw it on there. Stuffing. You live in Mississippi, man. Stuffing. It's dressing. What a what part of the country okay. are we talking about? Uh, Come on. Uh, let's not split hairs here. Stuffing. Um, what? Split hairs. I mean, is it cooked inside the bird? You, 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 this is here foundational. Th- People here call it Huggy, a drink Huggy, and it's a koozie. Only Mississippi calls it Huggies, which is weird. Those are the whole South calls it dressing. I don't know what's going on over there in the Low Country, but the rest of us—that's dressing. Okay. Anyway, that's what you have with your leftover turkey. I love a uh, leftover turkey. Definitely need gravy. Uh, Definitely need gravy. I got to make that tomorrow too. Perfect for me is uh, turkey and white bread. Maybe a little little mustard on there also. Uh, maybe a touch of mayonnaise. Uh, I'm not opposed to a, a slice of cheese going on it. Yeah, my grandparents always used to do banana peppers on a uh, leftover turkey sandwich. It was never really my jam, but uh, some people like that. So, Borky, are you going to cook this weekend since you were off the hook for uh, Thanksgiving, or is it a leftovers weekend? Uh, it's a leftovers weekend, I think. Okay. That's what you got to do in this time. Um. Mike in Oxford, was Richard the jerk who didn't invite Brian's family, or was Brian the jerk for not bringing his family? I mean, they didn't want to go to the game, so what were they going to do? They didn't want to drive to Oxford and turn back around. No. Of course his family would have been welcome, Mike. Of course they would have been. I I think Mike might be the jerk in this instance. Implying that one of us is the jerk. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Kenny and Greenwood, what's up with the Brussels sprouts? Where can I get the recipe? There have been requests for you to share both the Brussels sprouts and the mac and cheese recipe. Brussels sprouts is really easy. Uh, you got to cut the ends off, have them, pull off the little excess leaf. Olive oil, red wine vinegar. I just eyeball these things. Salt, pepper. And then my good friend Robert St. John, if you go to his website, you can buy it. He sells a veggie seasoning. Liberal, liberal with that. Uh, and then, of course, it doesn't hurt to put a pound of bacon in there either. I put two pounds in the, in the thing for we had yesterday. Because had I, had, I had more Brussels sprouts than normal. But I'll, I'll fry up a pound of bacon. I, I, I just I pull it out of the, uh, the packet and just chop it into you know, little pieces, let it fry up, throw that in there, uh, and then I let it roast you know, for like an hour. So they're nice and brown, and that it's really simple. Season to taste. You roast them for an hour? They, 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 they got an hour yesterday, yeah. Like 350? 350. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the bacon goes in in like the last 10 minutes. You can't cook the, ba- the bacon the whole time. Yeah. Wonderful. I don't know. I'm not going to... I get back late tomorrow. I might throw something on the grill on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. I don't even know what that. 
if it's not cold and the weather cooperates, Sunday might be a hamburger's night. We haven't just done burgers on the grill in a while. Feels like that might be the... Uh, go for a burger. Yeah, it just sounds good. Sounds good. Although, really what I wish is that I had a plate of leftovers right now with ham and turkey and dressing and sweet potatoes. And... Hmm. Hey, um, are mashed potatoes a must with Thanksgiving? We did not yep. have mashed potatoes. We had yes. tons of food, and there was plenty left over, but we did not do mashed potatoes yesterday. Got to do it. Yeah, I, I think they are. They, they should be on the table. Some form. You had hash browns though. So what? What? Some some form of potato needs. To That's be right. There, there was there was a hash brown casserole there. I forgot about that. So yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of options. Hey, when you go to the grocery store and you go to the meat department, be sure that you're looking for Polk's Meat. Visit them online at polksmeat.com and remember that picky people pick Polk's. And I, I mentioned earlier in the week we uh, we took a break from the uh, Polk's Pick Six this week. We will uh, get back to that for bowl season. We're going to do a pick'em contest for uh, for the bowl games. And uh, Eric at Polk's has uh, told me that they will sweeten the prize. Not, I mean, more like savory the prize, but they will make the prize bigger <laughs> uh, for the uh, the bowl contest. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that coming up here in uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Is this the best food weekend of the year? Yes. Yes, Thanksgiving, and and then norm, normal people who have Thanksgiving yesterday, and then they get to eat the leftover train for a couple of days. That That's mm-hmm. that's the best stuff. Oh, by the way, hold on. I heard all I was out, uh, I guess that was last Friday, you too we're talking about sausage balls in a derogatory manner. Sausage Not balls, me. the most delicious of all things. No, you said no, that I, you, you never heard of them. What? What, what is this? You, no, we may have to come back was, to this. Somebody suggested that there should be sausage balls on the Thanksgiving menu, and I was like, eh, I don't know about yeah. for Thanksgiving lunch, but that is a great way to start Thanksgiving Day in my mind. With like you know, cinnamon balls rolls and sausage anytime, balls. all the time. Yeah. I'm I'm really hungry. Sausage balls sound good right now. I'm I'm at yeah, that stage where everything sounds good right now. That is your uh, that is your food Friday presented by Polks. Remember, picky people pick Polks. We'll be right back. This this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Arkansas still down 29-27 to Missouri. 2.08 left in the fourth quarter of that ball game. Arkansas couldn't do anything offensively. They had to punt it back to Missouri. Missouri had a good first down gain. So they had like second and five and then had an offensive lineman that jumped. You're ahead of me is what I'm learning here. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Are you watching it live? I think so. I got a TV on in the okay, hotel room. I'm, I'm I think not, it's direct yeah, TV. Yeah, I'm or just streaming like here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so Missouri trying to run out the clock 
Arkansas's got all three timeouts left. Missouri's one and four in one score games this season. And oh wow. Went out of bounds. Hmm. I'm not going to try to do play-by-play on a game that you might or might not be watching or might or might not be ahead of where you are. <laughs> quit quit Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Jason, <laughs> Jason says, thank you guys for being live today. Never understood everyone else taking uh, off to the day after the Egg Bowl. Couldn't be us. Can you imagine having a sports radio show and not working the day after the Egg Bowl? be like not working the day on Labor Day. Yeah, for the first weekend of college football or, or something. It's incredible. Uh, Who would I, do that? I choose not to see my family on Thanksgiving to do this show. That's how important the show is to us. Yeah. I um, I set my alarm for 4.30 this morning and drove to the airport in Memphis and got on a Ooh. 7 o'clock flight so that I could get to a hotel in Philadelphia in time to do the show. So thank you for recognizing that, Jason. Uh, it's kind of a no-brainer decision for us, but uh, do appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, no question. Um, good to be with you on Sports Plus, we get another day off. It's not like, not like we lose anything. Well, I mean, who takes them? I might, I might be taking Tuesday off you because you I don't ever. know if I can stress for the two hours before that show. And if we get to the knockout round, I'm taking that day off. I'm going to a bar, and I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. enjoy that day. Tuesday, we'll, I, we'll all be in Jackson. Oh, no, we're all going to be in Jackson. What am I going to do? That's the Connerly Trophy, yeah. Connerly Trophy. Connerly Trophy. What am coming I up on, uh, Coming up on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, man. They got a TV in that big building? I'm sure they got someone somewhere. What am I? Oh, no. I'm excited <laughs> to be at the Connerly, though. That's going to be great. Awesome event. They, they do a great job. So it's it's mostly just... For the two hours before our show starts, it has nothing to do with the Connerly. It's just, what am I going to do with those two hours, and where am I going to be? Because uh, we'll it's late. winter, go home. You can come we'll, late. We'll, I'm not going to. We'll be fine if you miss late. the first segment. Sure, you can. You can get there at four o'clock. We'll handle the first two hours, and you can join us in progress. The, ven- the venue's got to have a television. Has to. Well, they're streaming too. I mean, you just got to go to Fox's website. Uh, first down. Mm-hmm. Oof. So Arkansas on the heels of that big win last week at home against Ole Miss. Looks like they're going to go on the road and lose today to Missouri. And Missouri's that was my biggest miss preseason. That was my biggest miss. I had Arkansas ten and two. Yeah, way off. Hey, we haven't talked about bowl games. Yeah, I I don't know how it's going to shake. I mean, people have just kind of thrown stuff out. Um. You know, kind of depends, I guess, on what you think is going to happen in the SEC championship game. Let's let's just kind of assume chalk, right? Let's assume that yeah. Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship game, which does not feel like that's going too far out on a limb. Um, I, I'm not saying that LSU can't win that game. So Georgia is in the playoff, and that'll be the only SEC team in the playoff this year. Uh, the next highest-ranked SEC team would go to the Sugar Bowl, and that would be Alabama, right? Likely Alabama, yeah. Um, If LSU loses to Georgia, will they finish in front of Tennessee? Or will Tennessee finish in front of them? They're they're fifth. Are they going to drop to 12th? 
for losing to the number one team in the nation? I would say no. Probably not. So even though Tennessee beat them and they have three losses to Tennessee's two, they would stay in, which means they would be automatic to a access bowl. All right, so, so Tennessee. Tennessee is 11th. They're automatic to an access bowl. Yeah, we'll see if Tennessee stays there because they're not going to want to put well, a Tennessee team without Hendon Hooker in an access that, bowl. If they if if they beat Vanderbilt, it doesn't matter. You can't drop them because somebody's injured. Yeah. If they beat Vanderbilt and they finish ten and two, that the team has earned that ranking and has earned, I guess, potentially a Fiesta or Cotton Bowl appearance. All right. So Georgia goes to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Alabama goes to the Sugar Bowl. LSU goes probably to the Orange Bowl. Orange, yeah. And then maybe Tennessee gets another Access Bowl spot. Right. If for some reason Tennessee does not get the access bowl spot, then they would go to the Citrus, to Citrus. Bowl. But but let, let's assume that Tennessee gets into the Steve access Spurrier bowl. Steve would be happy. If they got to the Citrus Bowl? Yeah, Steve Spurrier. You can't spell Citrus without UT. Come on. Yeah, without, without UT. So, so if we assume Tennessee gets in, then in the east you're looking at South Carolina probably at 7-5. and five. Kentucky at either 7-5 and five or 6-6. Six and six. Florida at either seven and five or six and six, Missouri at six and six, and then Vanderbilt left out, assuming they don't beat Tennessee. Right. And they the could West, get in. There, 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 there could be some spots for five and seven teams. We'll have to see though. In the West, most likely Alabama beats Auburn tomorrow, and in this scenario, obviously they do. If we've got Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, so Auburn and right. Texas A and M are out of the bowl picture. Arkansas is six and six. Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both eight and four. So you start slotting these things, and how, how do you slot them? You go Mississippi State to the it would be the Citrus Bowl's choice. The Citrus Bowl, no, the Citrus right. Bowl is able to choose who they want as long as the teams are within one loss of each other. Right. So you could have so, Ole Miss I or think- Mississippi State or. Potentially South Carolina, if they were so inclined, in the Citrus Bowl. South Carolina beating Clemson would obviously change this a lot. That that would yes. get them into the Citrus Bowl. Uh, yeah, State I agree with that. Versus Ole Miss. I mean, is, is State going to be ranked this week? They were only getting like six or seven votes last week, something like that. So are they going to jump up and be ranked after beating Ole Miss at eight and four? Possibly. I know Ole Miss is obviously going to drop out of the poll. <sighs> So it becomes interesting. Like if, if if whoever somebody had a number by their name, I think they'd be a lock for the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. But as it is, they may just try to figure out who's who's the best best fit for them. That could be South Carolina. I think they would take State over Ole Miss because State beat Ole Miss. I think that would be you know just they would do that. Sure, Ole no, Miss no, to I, me. If go ahead, go ahead. I, but but I think the folks at the Citrus Bowl. I mean, while yes, they would be looking at those results, they also would be trying to decide who they think would sell more tickets. Right, right. I think Ole Miss right now, if you said pick, I think three options. And you tell me which one do you think is best. Jacksonville, the Gator Bowl, mm-hmm. um, Nashville for Music City, right, or Houston to the Texas Bowl. I mean, I think Jacksonville probably makes the most sense. It, Ole Miss yeah. has not been to the Gator Bowl since 1991, following the 1990 season when they uh, when they faced Michigan. Mm-hmm. Got beat 35 to three in that game. Yeah. Um. So it's been a long time since they've been to Jacksonville. I think the Texas Bowl would be 
more than happy to have Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they might they might look at it as well. You know, bigger draw if you get. I don't know, man. I mean, you get the Texas Bowl, you get the Las Vegas Bowl, you've got. Um, Ole Miss could go to Vegas too. That's another. That's another thought. Should be a great be, trip for the fans. I, you'd, you'd everybody be so would love jealous. that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of would. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like, "Who cares about the Citrus Bowl? Let's go to Vegas. Let's do a remote. Let's do it yeah. on site." I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a lot that's got to be sorted out before we. Yeah. And, and obviously, this doesn't it's just get a glut of these seven and five, six and six teams. I mean, it's just yeah. and hopefully, Vanderbilt. everybody's kind of crappy. Vanderbilt. Yeah. If, if Vanderbilt wins, it, it it means ten Tennessee's going to the Citrus Bowl because they'll be nine and three, right? So, um, you know who's not going? Texas A and M. Under any circumstance, how are they only a ten point underdog? Well, same way LSU was only a three point favorite at Arkansas. I think people are just like LSU is good, but they're they're not dominant. But uh, I just. Just watch Texas A&M play every week, and it's just the same, and it's always bad. It is. I don't get it. But I didn't see LSU-Arkansas being 13-10 two weeks ago. LSU play. Yeah. It got lost. No, you did. You did. You took You took the, the, the points, remember? Do what now? Didn't you take uh, Arkansas and take the points? I don't think so. Maybe I did. I but you know, kept you kept talking about how weird that line was, and you're like, "I'm gonna I, something's up. Let me take the let me take these points." Ah, maybe so. It probably went the other way. I was like, "I'll just own it." Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. We will wrap it up with you coming up next. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. on Sports Talk Mississippi. One last time on this Friday afternoon, rolling into the rest of rivalry weekend. It's all done here in the state of Mississippi for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Okay. It's the weekend. Different feel- I'm in yeah, a good mood. A different, Imagine that. Different feeling when you win that game, right? Makes you feel really good sitting back, propping your feet up, and watching football for the rest of the weekend. I remember what was it, the thirteen egg bowl, and state won on Thanksgiving, and then you know the next day the kick six happened for Saturday. The kick six happened. And I was just like, this would be so. I would have missed this. I would have missed this. I'd have been in the stadium doing you know whatever. Instead, I got to see it, and it was all stress free. Yes, yes. This is why I like Thanksgiving egg bowls. You have all the stress at the end of the day on Thursday, and then Saturday's just a day of relief. There you go. Or morning. 
Either way. Some years, some years, right? Yeah. yeah. Or relief regardless. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What was the NFL game last night? Patriots. Who were they playing, Borky? Is it Vikings? Vikings. No, that's not right. But what's Patriots-Vikings? I don't even know who won. Couldn't tell you. Nor do I. I do know, though, that um, a lot of people watched Cowboys-Giants yesterday. Uh, NFL record, 42 million people. That is more than double last year's college football national championship. And last year's college football national championship beat every other American sports championship series most watched game. I mean, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's basically three, 42 it's basically million the people. population... The bicycle, bicycle. I just turned into Brian Kelly. Heck yeah! Uh, the population <laughs> of uh, Texas and Georgia. If everybody in the state had watched the game, that's how many people we're talking about. Oh and wow! It, that's almost one fourth of every human in the country. Yeah, it really. It's a quarter. Yeah, it's about a quarter. It's almost of the a quarter of the. It's like twenty-two percent. That's of, probably twenty. There's three hundred million yeah. people in the country. Then that's not right. Then three hundred million would be like fifteen. Like one eight. Yeah, yeah. But think about that, and and that is you're going. We don't need to be talking about common denominators in no, this show. No. We, we, let's just wait, get wait, through this last few minutes math with it. no math. Not a math guy. No, although, not, not in the last segment. Although, uh, if what Chris Lowe reported was true, a couple or last week or two weeks ago, then Auburn has one hundred million dollars in their NIL fund ready to fire off. So, because. 10 million times 10 is 100 million. So 10 10x. Good good for Auburn. Hey dad, we are we are Big winding month. down to the Victor yes. goes the spoils. I will give you <laughs> the pseudo final word on this Friday afternoon. I mean, I'll probably say thanks for being with us and we'll see you on Monday after you finish, but my real question is, aren't you supposed to be wearing a pirate outfit today? We got to get you one. Is it, is it, are, you got it. You got it set up for Monday. I think you should have to wear it to the Connerly presentation. That, the last thing my you friend, said was you would were taking be care of the outfit. Why would I? Why would I order your outfit? I don't know what you. I don't know what that, size that, you wear. I don't like, know what. I don't. I don't know what kind of you know of, of of puffy shirt you need to be wearing. Does Gentile make puffy shirts? Can we get them to do that for you? I don't think so. <laughs> don't don't. You know don't what else is, is great. Man, this this donation you're going to make to the Palmer Home is going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. Can't wait to see you in all that maroon regalia when we're up there in the, in the Palmer Home. You better be praying for basketball and baseball, my friend. You are because that was worth two points last night. What? You said the Egg Bowl was worth two. Football counted for more. Yeah, that was the. Oh, you, so, yeah, so I got I got proof. So I'm down three to one. <laughs> Right? What is the one? We did not. T- we didn't volleyball. take. We don't have volleyball. One. You didn't take volleyball. Oh, you're just you did not list volleyball. Up. You're just making stuff up. We're going man. back. I'm, I'm going to find make... the show. <laughs> I'm down three. I'll do it. I have the time. I'm down three zero. I've got uh, two women's Woo! basketball Woo! games, two men's basketball games, four baseball games. And plenty. It is of a time maroon left. kind of year. I'm plenty of time between now and then. For the uh, the old rebels to write the ship. So what? I'm supposed to wear a pirate costume? Is that what we? 
We, did we? Yeah. Let's, let's, I was supposed to be able to write your monologue for today, and you better be glad that that didn't happen. Hey, do it over the weekend. Carter would have called you and been like, "What did you say? <laughs> what did you say about the Grove?" Thank you for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Congratulations to Mississippi State on the win in the Egg Bowl yesterday, 24-22. you got Florida State and Florida coming up tonight from Tallahassee. Kickoff at 6.30 Central Time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios, I'm Richard Cross. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.